Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Biliteracy Now podcast. I'm your host, Diana, and today I'm going to share some tips and give you some advice on how to navigate distance learning. Stay tuned. Thank you again for joining me today. As always, you can follow me across any social media platform at ByLiteracyNow. You can visit my website, ByLiteracyNow.com, and purchase my products on Teachers Pay Teachers and Bilingual Marketplace. So let's get started with today's episode. First, I'm going to share with you some programs and resources and supplies that I use to navigate distance learning, which makes it so much easier for me to organize myself. We actually assign work to our students using Google Classroom, and I like it because I can assign something to students and then they can just submit it right back through the same platform. So I really prefer to use that program over anything else that I've tried. I also write out everything that I'm going to teach on a Google document. So I use a lot of Google Drive um, basically for everything that I do. And I also invested in a really good document camera. Now, if you're someone who can't invest in a document camera with your own money, that's okay. Um, Ask your campus because a lot of times they will assign or give you or hand out straight from their inventory. And yes, I've seen a lot of teachers use their cell phone as a document camera, which is okay to use. I prefer not to do that because I like to have my phone, you know, with me near me in case I need it in case a parent calls or, or I have a call from, you know, admin or something. So you can do it either way. I would just prefer to do a document camera. It's just so much easier. I also like to have printing paper nearby and also sticky notes and markers so that in case I want to create an anchor chart with my students, I'm able to do that very quickly on a document camera using just those things. And then of course, to schedule all the meetings with our students, we use Zoom. And then through that program, I do my whole group lessons, but I also do small group or tutoring. So I just work with, I can work with like 15 students at once or even just like three or four students. Once I finalized the platform that I was going to use and the programs and all of those things, then came time for me to sit down and actually plan what I was going to teach, which is for me the most exciting and fun part. So the way I plan out my lessons is actually by week and then I zoom in to each day and figure out what I'm going to teach during each lesson. So the first thing I do when I'm sitting down and planning my lesson is I think about the objective, like what do I want my students to be able to do after I've taught this lesson? That's my objective. And then I come up with an activity. What am I going, how am I going to model something for my students so that they're able to do it on their own and eventually reach mastery. And then um, I gather whatever I'm going to need to model that. So whether it's like a piece of text, um, an old read aloud book or a piece of writing. So whatever it is that I'm going to use to demonstrate how to do that, um, that's what I gather next. And then I make sure that I create an anchor chart if I need to. I don't always create one for each lesson, but I can. And then, of course, I try to pick an assignment that I'm going to give my students to check to see if they understood the lesson. So those are the three things that I always, always um, finalize when I'm planning my lesson. The objective, the activity or the modeling that I'm going to do with the teacher. And then three, what assignment or what activity I'm going to give my students to check for understanding. And if I'm being honest, I would say I don't spend too much time planning out my lessons, maybe 15 minutes, because I often use some of the resources that I used the previous year into my new lessons. I try not to reinvent the wheel and also not focus too much on perfection because we don't really know how students are going to react or respond to our lesson until we actually deliver it. So I try not to reach for or like aim towards perfection, but more of effectiveness. Like, am I effectively demonstrating what the 
the objective is through this lesson. Now, I'd also recommend that you type out your lesson so that you can keep them somewhere safe. So maybe a Word document or like me, a Google Drive document and keep it there. You can use it again, maybe next week, next month, or even next year. Now, I don't anticipate that we'll be doing distance learning next year, but you can always recycle that lesson and use it when you're back in the classroom. When it comes time to deliver your lesson, you have several options. You can, of course, pre-record your lesson where you're basically talking, modeling, and then showing the document camera maybe, and then just play it for your students whenever they log into the Zoom meetings and you can talk about it afterwards. You can also choose to present your lesson live in front of your students in real time, or you can do a combination of both. So you can maybe record yourself reading a part of a book, playing it, briefly and then stopping it and then talking about it afterwards and then maybe showing another video of you teaching something so you can go back and forth. There really is no right or wrong answer here. It's just depending on you and what you prefer to do. There are days when I record my lessons ahead of time because I'm in the zone and I kind of want to get it done. There are days when I want to, you know, present it live in front of my students in real time because I want them to really connect with the text or whatever it is that I'm teaching. It all just depends on your personal preference and then that of your students. I would say the main takeaway here is that you ensure that you do your part when it comes to preparing and organizing and ensuring that you have what you need to be able to teach your lesson because as we know in distance learning, there are so many things that we're not able to control. And so that brings me to the next part of my episode. As teachers, we really wanna control everything that goes on in our classroom. But the reality is that we can't control everything. We couldn't control everything during in-person teaching and we definitely can't control anything during distance learning. There are just too many variables, too many things that can go wrong. Your Wi-Fi can go out, your student's internet can go out, uh, no one shows up or only one student shows up or you feel like you had a bad day and your lesson didn't go as planned or your technology stopped working or your computer crashed. There's so many things that could go wrong during distance learning and so we have to be able to take a step back and let it go. I know that's really hard to do, but we have to find a way to stop blaming ourselves or wishing we could have done more when things don't work out as planned. I also want to suggest that you create either office hours or work hours and that you communicate that with your parents and you want to make sure that you follow your own work hours. So if you work 7.30 to 3.30, make sure that at 3.31 you're already off your computer and you're not logged on and your notifications are turned off on your phone so that you don't have to answer to any emails or any messages from parents that are that come in at four o'clock, five o'clock, you know, one in the morning. You want to make sure that you ignore those until the following day at 7.30 when you're clocking back in. I know that can seem very harsh and very difficult for some parents to understand, but it's important for you to take time away from the screen, from your work, and actually live your life. I always say that teaching is my profession and I love it. I love what I do, but it's my profession. It's not everything about me. I'm a lot of things before I'm a teacher. I'm a wife. I'm a dog mom. I'm a daughter. I'm a cousin. I'm so many other things besides my career. Now, does this mean that you shouldn't do that, that you shouldn't work extra, that you shouldn't work on weekends if it makes you happy? You know, I always say if it makes you happy, then you should do it. For me, though, it stopped making me happy a really long time ago. I'm not going to say that I never did it because I did. At the beginning of my career, I was there on Saturdays. I worked five, six hours without getting paid. I worked on so many things that I thought I needed to catch up because it genuinely made me happy to work weekends. 
But then over time, my priorities shifted and I realized that there were other things in my life that were making me happier than being at work all day. And so I stopped coming in. Now, does that mean that I stopped being a good teacher? No, I was still as effective as I was before. This is just a reminder that you can do both or you can do one or the other, whatever makes you happy. I will say that setting boundaries is a really great way to protect your mental health. We need to create separation between work life and home life and then not working too much every day. Because when we do those things, when we don't create boundaries and we don't make that separation and we don't let it go when we get home, then we run the risk of burning out. And so that's what we're trying to avoid for teachers. I know that sometimes it's the right choice. Sometimes walking away from the profession is the right thing to do for you. And that's okay. There's no, there should be no guilt in that. Um, But for some of us, it's a matter of just taking a break, take a step back, let it go, find something else to occupy your time with. And remember that the work will still be there on Monday. The main thing to remember here is that you want to protect yourself, protect your mental health at all costs. You want to forgive yourself when you make mistakes. You don't want to be your worst critic. Instead, you want to be your biggest cheerleader. And you also want to remember that tomorrow is another chance to get it right. And I want to wish you all a good school year. I know that it'll be difficult. It'll be very challenging. But like I say, roll with it because that's really all we can do. Remember that there aren't any experts out there that are getting it right. We don't know what we're doing. You're in good company. Thank you again for tuning in today. I'm your host, Diana. You're listening to the Biliteracy Now podcast. My hope is that you stayed a while and leave inspired.